Good morning. Lawrence and I were talking um, last, last night and this morning about what this strange thing that is preaching. In a way, it's kind of a strange thing that we would sort of presume upon you that those of us who are speaking would um, expect you to receive what we have to give and expect that we have something to give different than anyone else in, in the room. So I said to Lawrence, what do you, how, preaching is a strange thing. How do you wrap your head around it? Um, and he said, I really function out of the place of believing that God is giving me a word for this congregation. So could I, could I ask you that today? Could you just, um, maybe I'll just pray, God, we ask. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jesus, not you. I think that's better. Um, God, would you give us the grace to receive the word that you have for us today? There are so many things we could say about Genesis uh, 1 and 2 and the creation of man and woman. So we ask you to give us the grace to receive this, the particular words that you've um, given me as I've studied, as I've prayed. And so give us grace to receive that today. Amen. And so it, to me, preaching is like skipping a stone across the surface of the water. I'm not so great at skipping stones, actually, but... Um, Bishop Todd said this to me once that, you know, we're not trying to drill deep on a Sunday morning necessarily. So I want to skip a stone across the surface of the water with you this morning around this idea of the creation of man and woman. So come on down to the Puntledge River there and let's skip some stone, a stone together. Um, I've called my sermon intentionally awkward. So I get to preach about awkward today and I love, that's so great. <laughs> Um, but I want to remind you that the guiding question for this whole series has been, given that we're coming out of this pandemic and trying to restart and reconnect with people and rhythms, what is Genesis teaching us about the nature of God, the nature of creation, the nature of mankind? And once we answer that question, how does that help us? So we're going back to origins, beginnings. How does that, going back there, how does that help us um, understand and see what God is doing right now. Because God, thankfully, is consistent and coherent and has some order to how he does things. So if this is how he started, this is how he is continuing. So you, we read the passages about the creation of mankind, and I want you to notice there's two parts to it, right? It's not necessarily linear. So we're told God created man and woman, and then we're told how he did it. So there's kind of like two different parts to that story. And it, so Genesis 1 tells us, this is what I did. And then Genesis 2, this is how I did it. And I thought, oh, this is like the difference between how Lawrence and I tell a story. Lawrence just says, this is what I did. And I say, this is what happened. This is how I did it. Let me take you back to 1962 when I was just in, you know, my twin sister and I were in my mother's womb. And I'm just going to tell you the whole story. <laughs> and Lawrence is just like, this is what happened. And so there's, there's two, these are both really important. Um, first of all, we're told that God created man, that's just what he did, but it very importantly says in the image of God. So um, th that little Hebrew word in the image of God can also mean as. So I want to suggest to you, here, let's skip this first little stone, is that we are created as the image of God. It's actually who we are, period. Like, we function as imagers. 
Right now, in our broken state, in our less than perfect state, we are imagers. So you can look around and see the image of God. And so it's, it's, what, it's what we're called to do. It's like it's who we are, but it's also our status. It's a dignity that we're given. And it's not, as I was reading about it, I realized it's not partial or incremental. Right now, you don't partly carry the image of God. You carry the image of God, period. You are, you are his image. Um, it's not going to get better or less. It's you, all of God's image is in you. Um, in the ancient Near East, um, in the time of the Old Testament, in the temples, there were images of the kings because they were sort of considered as little gods. So there were images of the kings in the temple. Ordinary people were not considered to have that kind of dignity. But God is saying, no, 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 you're not just, um, it's not just for kings to have their image in a temple. You are actually my image. And Brett preached last week about the temple, I think. Sort of. Okay. We're, we're put, this, the world we live in now is the new temple, right? We're walking around as God's image in this temple of the earth. So we're, we've been given a very particular dignity. So if that's the way, that, that's why we were created. We were simply created in the image of God. There's a, we always want to ask this question then, what does that tell us about the nature of God? Remember, that's what we're asking. That's why we're going back to this. What does it say about us? Because we've heard this so often. We're created in the image of God. Okay, if we are imagers of God, what does that say about God? That he loves us. He values us. He made us the crown of his creation. And he trusts us to carry his image. I think it also means he's invitational. He's inviting us. Hey, come and be, be, it, be me in the world. Okay, so just keep that in mind that we're given a very particular dignity there. Secondly, we're created as male and female. And so in verse 18 and 20, it says, the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I'll create a helper fit for him. Do you notice that's sort of the first time in, in this account in Genesis that we hear the words not good. Everything else was good. He created this, it was good. He created that, it was good. But then suddenly he says it was not good for man to be alone. So this, why is this not good? Um, so first of all, I would suggest that there was a need. Man is alone. And when you look up the meaning of the word alone, it, it literally means conspicuous, sort of standing out and, and needing something in an area that is lacking. I think we've all felt those, that sense of being conspicuous. I, I certainly have. I'm often wearing the brightest colors or have the loudest voice in any group that I'm in, so there's a little sense of conspicuous. But this sense of needing something. So there's a need, and God says, I will make a helper fit for him, or depending on the translation you read, suitable for him. So remember, we're skipping a stone. I'm not going to go into the theology of the difference between man and woman, but a helper suitable literally means like opposite. Like what? Like opposite. So that's where it gets awkward. It's the Hebrew word for man is ish, 
And for woman is ish ah. I love that it's ish. I'm man ish, I'm ish, and woman is ish ah. So there's this incredible likeness, but there's also this significant difference that creates, it's, it can also mean, yeah, we said opposite or different that creates a distance. So have you ever sort of felt like, whoa, there is a distance between me and you if you're talking to your partner or um, a friend of yours who's of the opposite gender is like, oh, you can sense a distance. There's a difference and a distance. So I like, I just, to me, that's where the title of my sermon came from, Intentionally Awkward. What does, that, what does that tell us about God? That he created man and woman to be, we're both part of mankind, so we have this likeness and we've been given a similar task in the temple of creation. But then he, but he made one ish and one ish ah. <laughs> it's like, I think that God, so first of all, it tells me that, okay, I'm, I don't know, get this, I get very excited about this, but I want to back up a minute just to tell you some things about this word awkward. Awkward can mean clumsy. So you think about your relationships. Inelegant, requiring some skill, inconvenient, uncomfortable, turned the wrong way or backwards. So as Jared and Justin have entered into marriage and perhaps you've already discovered, oh, there's some sense of really going, they're not always going the same way I'm going, or this feels awkward, or this requires some, some skill. Um, why would God do that? So often in, in the gap, in the space between where we find out we're not the same, is the place where, remember we said we want to know what does this tell us about God's nature and what, he, what it means for our salvation or what he's doing right now. In that space, that's where God can do his greatest work because we can do nothing but acknowledge there's a gap here. You're not like me in this way. What does it look like for us to try to find a way to come together into that gap and receive what God would have there for us, for each other? He sort of intentionally puts us a little bit it's almost like a little bit at odds. We've got, and so I think in some ways in our world, we're trying to reduce men and women to the lowest common denominator. Let's talk about how they're the same. Or even in our communities, we're trying to find the lowest common denominator. But it seems like God was saying, no, 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 let's, let's do like opposite. Let's understand that there's some ways that we're very similar, but some ways that we're not. And in that place where we're not, there's an opportunity for me to show my glory, for me to create community. I wonder if that's even true in the Trinity, the difference between, between Father, Son, and Spirit, that first community. Only in community can we actually experience God working sort of in those gaps that we find between ourselves. I mean, we could talk, there could be a whole other um, conversation about nature. We could talk about awkward in nature interactions between animals or the way animals have been made. There's sometimes there's an awkwardness about it. But in that is the beauty, the opportunity, the space for God to be. I don't know. I, I was thinking about even as Lawrence and I interact together, we're very different people. Um, and even on the this last weekend, we were in Langley and we were helping with the... Um, the launching of the Via Langley Church. 
And we were preparing, and Lawrence had written the prayers that we were going to use. Uh, for the most part, he had had them ready. And he said, right here, Wanda, I want you to do this, this prayer. I want you to do a washing of Chad and Janet. And I'm like, okay, do you have a prayer for that? He said, no, that's where you do what you do. I said, what? You don't, should I write something down? He said, no. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, no, that's Wanda, where you do that thing you do. You just listen to God and you pray. So that's, but that's taken us, like we've been married 37 years. So there's some, there's been some work there to say to the other, this is where you do that thing you do. You be, in a sense, I guess we're saying you be you. You do that thing you do. And in that, there's something beautiful. It's different than the way I would do it. And I want to, I want to suggest that that's, that's not just for the difference between male and female. Because remember, this is a big stone. We're skipping this general, these big ideas that in the differences, in the gaps, that's also within our communities. Like, in relationships that you have, not necessarily in the difference between men and women, but even just in some of your relationships, maybe some of your friends or your family. There's a sense of a gap. Um, and God is saying, I'm okay with that. As a matter of fact, in some ways, that gap between man and woman is, I don't know if this is necessary. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Is, um, there's such a beautiful example and maybe sort of a foreshadowing of, I'm gonna, of his salvation where he came and bridged the biggest gap between us and him, um, went the longest distance that could possibly be traveled between God and us and said, yeah, I'm going to step into that gap and bring a community, bring family and bring you together into something that I'm doing. So there's something, and remember man and woman do, are doing something together. So there's something about the doing together and not being the same that has an impact that can't happen if we're together and the same. That idea of the lowest common denominator. Where's the beauty in that? That's sort of redundant. We're just, we're the same. So there's something that happens in doing it together I rem in the difference. I remember also when Lawrence and I were speaking at a conference in Regina and one of the young guys came up, a young adult, and he said, okay, I love what you guys have to teach. That's fine. He said, but what ministered to me more was just seeing a healthy marriage doing something together, seeing the differences in the two of you and the way you did this. So he was talking about the way we did it, not even what we were doing. So I think that's also part of what God is saying. His intention was that there would be a, a, a witness, a space for him to show his glory as we struggle to be in that awkward together and let him make us safe in the awkward, let him allow us to be ourselves there. Kind of even what Josh was talking about, about the connect groups. Um, that will be awkward. Maybe we should call them awkward groups. <laughs> that would be awkward because we're not the same. We're like opposite. We're sort of the same, but sort of not. So, but in that place, awkward is this beautiful place where God does his work and where he makes us humble and um, vulnerable is awkward, but that's where he can do his work and his glory can be seen. Um, so kind of these, these big picture things is that God said, you're in my image, and you're going to be male and female, and you're going to be like opposite. There's going to be a gap. 
So, some things for you to consider, just a couple things. Think, first of all, can you receive that you are an imager of God? That you being you right now, exactly where you are, how you are, who you are, that you're an imager, you're, you're, you're functioning as his image right now. That means you have incredible value and intention. I was reading um, about God calling Samuel, that lovely story. And Samuel hears God's voice. He doesn't realize it's God, but God's actually calling his name. And I read this lovely little um, explanation of that. To be who we are, so to be Samuel in this case, is an election by God. Embrace the name God speaks in creating you. Have the audacity to believe and the courage to exercise the particular gifts, those like opposite. Have the audacity to believe it and the courage to exercise those gifts that identify us. So that's probably what being in community means. It means we each hear our name called and believe that God has made us intentionally to reflect his image and we need to stand in that. So even just for your heart to receive that and explore that, if that's just all you can hear, that's what you could take into your week. God, remind me of that. So why can't I receive that? What is it that I need to do to make space for that? To make space for that belief. Secondly, where are you currently experiencing awkward in your relationships? It doesn't have to be in a marriage or um, a dating or that kind of relationship. It can just be friendships or family. Where are you experiencing awkward? And where are these gaps? And what would it look like to invite Jesus into the gap? Um, mind the gap. Pay attention. What's going on in the gap? Invite Jesus there. What's the opportunity for his glory to be shown? Um, I think we've experienced a lot of awkward in COVID, even within our families. I'm getting vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't want to talk about um, how I'm feeling. I want to talk about how I'm feeling. I'm, um, I'm, I'm feeling trustful of our future, the future. I'm feeling uh, fearful of the future. Is there room for all of those things in our community, in our conversations? I, don't, I feel like God is trying to show us if we go back to origins, he's not concerned that there's awkward and that we're not all on the same page. He's more concerned that we would hear each other, come into that place together and make space for where we are, each of us are at um, because he has something to teach us there. So yeah, he's not concerned. I feel like in some ways he's almost a little bit cheeky when he says, I will make a suitor, a, help, a helper like, let's uh, add a little opposite as well. I'll make a helper like and opposite. Just enough to keep it awkward. Yeah. I think I'll just leave it at that awkward moment.